Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4 o'clock live, and then repeats uh, at just 10 o'clock those same days. I'm praying you are having a blessed, happy, and holy day on this January 22nd, 2020. And of course, as you know, today marks the 47th anniversary of the Roe versus Wade decision and uh, the March for Life in Washington will take place on Friday. We're going to have full coverage for you here on our domestic church media stations. Um, today over at the State House here in New Jersey, they had a rally for life at, at 11 o'clock this morning. And I want to share with you today, you know, because you'll never hear this anywhere. <laughs> I don't even think you'll hear it on the conservative news channels. Um, but today, President Trump has declared on this day a proclamation making it the National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Did you know that? Today. And I want to read to you his proclamation, which, again, you won't hear anywhere, which is very unfortunate. Uh, you'll hear a lot of other stuff that's going on in Washington, but you won't hear this proclamation by the President of the United States, Donald Trump making today the National Sanctity of Human Life Day. So I'll read you his proclamation. And then I thought also we'd share with you some of St. Pope John Paul II's beautiful encyclical letter, Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life, that he wrote in March of 1995. And a few little excerpts from that, just reminding us. Because, you know, this is like singing to the choir. Anybody who's listening to domestic church media or watching, because we are coming to you live on our YouTube channel and also on our Facebook page and also on our uh, streaming live video on our homepage. Um, you're all there. You're all in the right place, I'm sure. Um, but just to kind of reiterate the beauty of, of, of life, uh, the gift of life that God gives us, and the proclamation of the, that gift and the uh, proclamation of the sanctity of human life. So we'll share all that with you today. Before we go any further, though, my brothers and sisters, as always, we come together at this hour, first and foremost, uh, to pray with and for each other. So I invite you now, wherever you are listening or watching, that you raise up your special prayer intentions and allow us together as family to pray with and for each other. Um, so much to pray for uh, and be thankful for in so many ways. You know, again, today is a, is a a day that we really mourn the decision of the United States Supreme Court that was made 47 years ago today, uh, legalizing abortion in all 50 states in this country. Um, and for 47 years, so many good people have been uh, making their voices heard in defense of life. We thank 
Almighty God for the gift of those individuals who are still with us, some who have gone home to him over these many years. Uh, We pray for protection for those who will be traveling to Washington on Friday. I heard uh, they're expecting close to half a million people. Of course, you'll never hear that number either on uh, most media outlets. Uh, As I said, we will bring you full coverage of the March for Life here on our network of stations. So we'll pray for that. We'll pray for the unborn. We'll pray for wisdom, for uh, hearts and minds to be open to the understanding that every human life is precious, every human life must be protected, every human life is, is uh, holy, and must be protected from the moment of conception to the moment of natural death. And unfortunately, we live in a, a as our Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, would, would often refer to our culture as a culture of a civil, a culture of death, and we're called to build up a culture of life and a civilization of love. So we make that our prayer today. I also pray for our friend Maria. She has traveled with her family uh, as she seeks new um, treatment, medical treatment, for the tumor on her brainstem. Pray for them, please, in their travels and in success. We're really praying for a miracle is what we're praying for. And we're just going to keep praying for that. And, and in God's time, we know <clears throat> that the miracle will and it is taking place. It's, it's an ongoing miracle, just like this apostolate is an ongoing miracle. Uh, also pray for us, my friends, here. You know, we had a, a, a lovely meeting here today, and the Lord has blessed us at Domestic Church Media with so many wonderful volunteers, board members, and we had our first um, meeting to begin uh, planning our 2020 Radiothon, which will be April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of this year. And we're very excited about it and a lot of great things uh, coming down. Uh, So many good things to share uh, as we go along over the next couple of months. So we thank God for those things as well. So as brothers and sisters now, let us come together and raise our hearts and minds together as one, united in love and in truth, and begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O sacred and adorable Trinity, Hear our prayer on behalf of our Holy Father, the Pope, our bishops, our clergy, and for all who are in authority over us. Bless, we beseech thee, during this coming year, that the whole Catholic Church convert heretics and unbelievers, soften the hearts of sinners so that they may return to thy friendship, give prosperity to our country and peace among the nations of the world. Pour down thy blessings upon our friends, relatives, and acquaintances, and upon our enemies, if we have any. Assist the poor and the sick. Have pity on the souls of those whom this past year thou hast taken from us. And do thou be merciful to those who during this coming year will be summoned before thy judgment seat. May all our actions be preceded by thy inspirations and carried on by thy assistance, so that all our prayers and works having been begun in thee may likewise be ended through thee. And our prayer, as our Holy Father requested, to St. Michael the Archangel, and also the ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer, praying specifically to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And I thought we would conclude, as I mentioned later on in the program, I'm going to share a few little excerpts from the Gospel of Life that was an encyclical letter of St. Pope John Paul II from 1995. But he ended with a beautiful prayer. And so let's conclude our prayer time today with this prayer from the Gospel of Life. O Mary, bright dawn of the new world, mother of the living, to you we entrust the cause of life. Look down, O mother, upon the vast numbers of babies not allowed to be born, of the poor whose lives are made difficult, of men and women who are victims of brutal violence, of the elderly and the sick killed by indifference or out of misguided mercy. Grant that all who believe in your Son may proclaim the gospel of life with honesty and love to the people of our time. Obtain for them the grace to accept the gospel as a gift ever new, the joy of celebrating it with gratitude throughout their lives, and the courage to bear witness to it resolutely in order to build, together with all people of goodwill, the civilization of truth and love, to the praise and glory of God, the Creator and lover of life. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, my friends, as always, I thank you for praying together with me and all of our family gathered from who knows where, all over the world, as people can listen, tune in, watch. Uh, Of course, right here in the metropolitan area, listening to our domestic church Catholic radio stations, but also watching on YouTube, on Facebook, on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org, also on our various means of, of communicating our audio and broadcasting our audio on the Amazon Alexa device, the Google Home device, streaming audio, our beautiful uh, Domestic Church Media app, which is free, and I highly encourage you, if you've not yet downloaded it, to download it. Just go to your app store, search for Domestic Church Media, and download the app. It's free. You can listen to our programs. You can watch our programs. You can listen to the archives. But there's so much more on this app, my friends. It has the daily mass readings. It has mass times. Uh, You can find, you know, if you want to go to confession, there's a way to search that particular app for confessions. Uh, There's uh, the Liturgy of the Hours, morning, evening, and night prayer. Not the Magnificat version, and that's a beautiful little magazine. But, you know, the the morning and evening prayer in Magnificat are not the official liturgy prayers of the Church. We have that on our website. We have the official Liturgy of the Hours, the official morning, evening prayer, night prayer. It's all there, plus so much more. A saint of the day. There's all kinds of stuff you can search. Uh, the catechism, the, the Bible, it's all on there. Go to your app store. It's free. doesn't cost you a cent. You can download it. Go to, to your app store and search for Domestic Church Media, and uh, you'll find our app there free to you. And I pray that you do that because it's got so much on there, so many resources. Uh, as I said, and, and maybe you did hear this, but it's not really promoted, unfortunately, even on what would be considered conservative news outlets. Um, 
the president, President Trump, today, you know, you're hearing a lot of other things about President Trump today, unfortunately. Um, but he has declared today, January 20th, 2020, National Sanctity of Human Life Day. And he has written a proclamation, and I thought that I would like to share this with you. You've heard a lot of other things on the news that people say the president said or didn't say or insinuated or thought or dreamed. I don't know what they're talking about. But he did write this. This is a, this is a fact. This is, this is real news. And this is the proclamation from President Trump declaring today, proclaiming today, National Sanctity of Human Life Day. And these are the words of President Trump. Every person, the born and unborn, the poor, the downcast, the disabled, the infirm, and the elderly, has inherent value. Although each journey is different, no life is worth as without worth or is inconsequential. The rights of all people must be defended. On National Sanctity of Human Life Day, our nation proudly and strongly reaffirms our commitment to protect the precious gift of life at every stage, from conception to natural death. Recently, we've seen decreases in the total number and rate of abortions in our country. From 2007 to 2016, the most recent period of analysis the number and rate of abortions decreased by 24% and 26% respectively. The rate of teen pregnancies, the vast majority of which are unplanned, has almost continuously decreased over the last quarter century, contributing to the lowest rate of abortions among adolescents since the legalization of abortion in 1973. All Americans should celebrate this decline in the number and rate of abortions, which represents lives saved. Still, there is more to be done, and as president, I will continue to fight to protect the lives of the unborn. I signed into law legislation under the Congressional Review Act that would allow states and other grantees to exclude organizations that perform abortions from their Title X projects. My administration has also issued regulations to ensure Title X family planning projects are clearly, clearly separated from those that perform, promote, or refer for abortion as a method of family planning. To protect the conscience rights of healthcare workers and organizations, including with respect to abortion, and to ensure the federal government does not force employers that object based on religious belief or moral conviction to provide insurance for contraceptives, including those they believe cause early abortions. Additionally, I have called on the Congress to act to prohibit abortions of late-term babies who can feel pain. My administration is also building an international coalition to dispel the concept of abortion as a fundamental human right. So far, 24 nations representing more than a billion people have joined this important cause. We oppose any projects that attempt to assert a global right to taxpayer-funded abortion on demand up to the moment of delivery, and we will never tire of defending innocent life at home or abroad. As a nation, 
we must steadfastly dedicated, I'm sorry, we must remain steadfastly dedicated to the profound truth that all life is a gift from God who endows every person with immeasurable worth and potential. Countless Americans are tireless defenders of life and champions for the vulnerable among us. We are grateful for those who support women experiencing unexpected pregnancies, those who provide healing to women who have had abortions, and those who welcome children into their homes through foster care and adoption. On National Sanctity of Human Life Day, we celebrate the wonderful gift of life and renew our resolve to build a culture where life is always revered. Now, therefore, I, Donald J. Trump, President of the United States of America, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution and the laws of the United States, do hereby proclaim January 22, 2020, as National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Today, I call on the Congress to join me in protecting and defending the dignity of every human life, including those not yet born. I call on the American people to continue to care for women in unexpected pregnancies and to support adoption and foster care in a more meaningful way so every child can have a loving home. And finally, I ask every citizen of this great nation to listen to the sound of silence caused by a generation lost to us and then to raise their voices for all affected by abortion, both seen and unseen. In witness whereof I have hereunto set my hand this 21st day of January in the year of our Lord 2020 and of the independence of the United States of America, the 244th, and it's signed Donald J. Trump. So a lot's going on in Washington and in Congress and on the news, my friends. But I bet you didn't hear this. I bet that I'm probably one of the only people in the country reading this over a media outlet. You know, we are in a spiritual battle. Abortion is a horrible crime against humanity and has been in this country, especially for the past 47 years, when nine individuals in judges' robes decided that they could judge when life begins or not. We've seen the battle for the past 47 years. We've seen good, holy men and women trek every year on the 22nd of January and now most recently in the past few years on on the the Friday uh, surrounding that day go to Washington to make their voices heard. And we've seen and heard nothing about it, basically. A few thousand people converged on Washington, D.C. to protest abortion. That's the report you get. People who go down there will tell you and attest to the fact that, as they say, this coming Friday, they're expecting close to half a million people down there. President Trump is not a perfect person. He's made mistakes in his life. He's, you know, we all have. But you can see the attacks on this man and his family, aside from all the political uh, disagreements that people may have with him, 
but you can see a true spirit of evil after him, attacking him. And here is one of the major reasons. He has dedicated his presidency in so many ways to protecting and defending human life. Here's a proclamation declaring tomorrow, or rather today, the 22nd of January, the National Sanctity of Human Life Day, where in this proclamation he once again reaffirms our country's belief that every person has been endowed by his creator the unalienable rights of life, 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 liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our country has been sucked into a culture of death in so many ways. Our children are lost, as are many adults. The world has lured especially young people into the, the horrible effects of addictions, physical and, and, and immoral addictions. Consciences have been completely obliterated. So people believe whatever they want to believe. What I believe is truth. And that's it. If I believe it, it must be truth, regardless of what that belief is. How many babies in the past 47 years have had their lives destroyed? How many generations of souls have been denied the right to life. We've seen the warping of people's understanding of what marriage is and family life to the point where, again, the government has decided they can define what a marriage is, what constitutes a marriage, that marriage can be between Anybody, no matter what their gender is. And we can identify, someone told me today that uh, they're teaching in, in schools that there are 22 genders. Can you believe that? But this is true. It was, it was in, a, uh, um, I guess, in, in one of the uh, New York State school systems. Children being taught in public schools that there are 22 genders. No wonder our young people are confused and don't know where to turn. And so they seek truth wherever they think they can find it, and it makes whatever they believe their own truth, or they buy into the truths of those who are lying to them. And we know who the father of lies is. We know who is the father of deception in the world today, deceiving hearts and minds so much so that they can believe that the unborn child is a, is a throwaway thing that there's no value to an older person, an elderly person uh, who is sick and, and infirmed in a hospital bed, that there's no value to someone who is uh, physically or mentally handicapped. There's no value to someone who can't speak. There's no value to someone who can't hear. And it all begins. And Mother Teresa, St. Mother Teresa prophesied this, as did Pope Paul VI when he talked in Humanae Vitae about a contraceptive mentality and what that, would, what that would bring about in society. And it's all coming to pass. He prophesied that in 1968. 
that a contraceptive society would would beget a society where the value of women was degraded, that there would be an objectification of women being used for the pleasure of men. I, it, I don't know why today I see these, you see these these women marches, you know, you saw them with their funny hats on and things a few weeks ago in Washington. They've been doing that ever since President Trump was elected. Why aren't they going to the pornography factories, the movie studios that are making these films that are, that are using them and objectifying them as objects of men's pleasure? Why aren't you there protesting that and trying to, to do away with that horrible, horrible situation that has, again, grabbed uh, especially young boys? And perverted their minds so that they treat women like objects. You see how twisted all this has become? And I know, again, I'm, I'm speaking and singing to the choir, as they say. And I didn't plan to go this far into it, but <laughs> the Holy Spirit just lights a fire under me sometimes. You know, I never know who's listening or watching. Maybe there's someone, one individual has to hear this to know the truth. But again, my friends, I thank, personally thank President Trump for his dedication to the promotion of the dignity and sanctity of human life. This is why we see, I believe, attacks against him and his family, again, all politics aside, when it comes to the... uh, the lying and the the deception and the... the, um, lack of integrity being used. And uh, politics is dirty, let's face it. (laughs) But I think we're also seeing a spiritual side here. If you want to read this proclamation, uh, whitehouse.gov slash presidential actions. There's a a link there you can find. Just go go to whitehouse.gov. I think there probably is a search engine there. Just search for Sanctity of Human Life Day. And you'll see the proclamation by the president. But again, I I, I bet you're not even going to hear this on on uh, those news outlets that, are, you know, are considered the more conservative news outlets. You certainly won't see here on the mainstream media. But we need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our president. We need to pray for our our congressmen and our senators, those who have the power. By the way, they only have the power because we, the people, give it to them. And that's one thing. I'm, as I'm, I watch some of this stuff on television that's been going on the past few months with these impeachment hearings. And again, I'm not getting political. But, you know, it is a government of, by, and for the people. These people work for us. And some of them who have been there for 20 years making a career of it and becoming rich and feeling that. Don't you feel like a, just a third-party observer in all this? And we really should be in the, in the forefront because we are the people. And they're all there only because we gave them the power they have. God gave them the power, but we there put them there. So it, 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 it makes me sick sometimes, a lot of stuff that goes on down there. And again, I don't mean to be, we're not political, but I just think, you know, I, I hear about, you know, some of these people who were in this impeachment hearing were people who were 20, over 20 years ago impeaching President Clinton. What were you doing there 20 years ago and still here? Don't we reelect every two years for Congress and every 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 six years for uh, the Senate? What are you still doing there? I think it's time, don't you? It's got time for people of goodwill and faith to seek out those types of offices, you know. And that's not being political. That's 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 being faithful to what our church teaches us. We should be doing that. 
especially here in a country like this where we have the, the ability to do that. Sadly, the whole system has become warped because it's, it's gone to those who have money as opposed to those like us. You know, when the, when the first representatives of, of the people in, in the beginning of our country, there were farmers and, 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 and workers who were in those positions. But let's not go there. Too late, I already did. Uh, go to whitehouse.gov. Search for the proclamation on the National Sanctity of Human Life Day today, proclaimed by President Trump. It's a beautiful as you as you read this, you know, if I if I didn't tell you who that was, who was writing the had written the proclamation, you would have thought it was a church document, basically, until I get to the political stuff at the end or the the uh, where he refers to himself as the president. But you would it's no different than what we have in our church. It's it's a statement of truth. It's a statement of life, proclaiming and defending the sanctity of every human life. And, you know, you, you see the downward spiral of our country's moral fiber for so many years now, getting worse and worse and worse. So you have someone like this who sits in the Oval Office, who makes a proclamation like this, trying to defend the sanctity of every human life and the inalienable rights given to each one of our country's citizens by God himself, as, as declared by the government. We need to pray and, and defend that and do all we can to live that. That's, this, is the, this, is, this is the thing that, that really gets me, is that you see this, this um, apathy toward all this. So we really need to be, first and foremost, my friends, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for our president. Pray for our legislators, our congresspeople, our senators, that they are enlightened with the truth of God. This country claims to trust in God. And the minute we take God out of the picture, we're going to implode. And we may already have begun. We have to ask God to continue to bless America. Okay, take a break. When I come back, uh, well, I didn't plan a whole 20 minutes or so on that, but that's okay. We'll see where the Lord takes us. Stick around because there's more to come. Don't go away. What's your name? My name is Becky. I'm from Wisconsin. I was away from the church for over 20 years, ah. and through the grace of God, have come back now. Thank you, Jesus, welcome home. Hello. Hello. Where are you from? Florida. Good. And what's your question? Well, I have this wonderful gift that God gave me, and that's my sister. Mornings with Mother Angelica. There's none better. Weekdays at 10, right here, where you are, family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Hi, 
I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Mother Angelica. Do you know yourself? <laughs> Nobody knows himself. That's why if somebody says, "Why are you so impatient?" you say, "I'm not impatient." <laughs> or, "Why are you so angry all the time?" Who's angry? I'm never angry. <laughs> okay, we don't know ourselves. You know, I've told you that there's so many of these mystics have said that. The Lord would come one day and give us a warning that we would see ourselves as He sees us. Oh, that would be a shock, huh? Somebody sent me a, a, a videotape. We watched it the other night. Uh, these people who had death experiences, they all saw this light, but what they all saw was themselves. And they were surprised. Well, if you know yourself, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. From Moorestown to Manilokan, Bedminster to Brick, Freehold to Fort Dix, Ringo's to Roosevelt, from Old Bridge to Oceanport, Red Bank to Rocky Hill, proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back. Another hour. Uh, no, 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 not another hour. <laughs> it's not Friday. Which, by the way, Friday uh, coming up, day after tomorrow, uh, Cheryl and I will be here, and we're going to be joined by Donna Ottaviano. And Donna is actually giving a parish mission down at uh, Notre Dame de la Mar Parish in Cape May. Um this weekend, so she's going to talk to us. Also, our friend Deacon Anthony's back with his senior spirituality segment. Uh, we'll have more music, more talk, and all kinds of stuff. So join Cheryl and me 
uh, on Friday Live this uh, coming Friday. And also, um, we are happy to announce that uh, we've been invited to be guests on At Home with Jim and Joy, which airs on the EWTN television network. And I believe those, uh, we're actually going down there March 9th to record, and the programs will air March 11th and 13th, um, the uh, Wednesday and Friday following that. So we'll keep you posted. We haven't even been down. Obviously, we're not uh, going down there till March, but uh, I thought I'd let you know. We're happy about that. And, and just keep that in prayer because uh, a few other things the Holy Spirit has placed on my heart. I need to go down there and read have some conversations with some few people about some stuff. <laughs> I, I thought when I turned 65, I would slow down a little bit, but the Lord says, no, 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 no. There's so much more you have to do. So we're happy to do that. And as I mentioned earlier, my friends, and as you know, the um, March for Life in Washington this year uh, is Friday in Washington, D.C. And uh, let's see what's going on. We're going to have full coverage here on our stations, on the radio, beginning, I think, around 8, 7.30 in the morning and continuing all day uh, Friday, so uh, up until Friday Live. So we will uh, bring you that here live through our affiliation with uh, EWTN. And they're going to have a March for Life Mass Friday, 9 a.m., if you're over in the uh, Marlboro, New Jersey area at St. Gabriel's, uh, Monsignor O'Donnell uh, will celebrate Holy Mass, followed by the USCCB Pro-Life Sorrowful Mysteries. That starts at 9 a.m. on Friday, this coming Friday, January 24th, at St. Gabriel's Church, 110 North Main Street in Marlboro, New Jersey. So if you can't get down to the march for one reason or another, but you want to participate in some way, Here's a great way. You can go to St. Gabriel's in Marlboro, 110 North Main Street at 9 a.m. on Friday. And uh, let's see if this is on the board. I'm just reading from the bulletin board. So if it's on our bulletin board, I have it in front of me. I can share that with our listeners. If it's not on the bulletin board, I don't have any information about it. So let's see what else is happening here real quick. Uh, Let's see. I guess I know there's one other thing, but I don't have any information on St. Raphael's. But anyway, this um, just, just come together in prayer. That's you know, if you, I'm sure many of you are going down there, which is great. And I think it's supposed to be a very nice day, as a matter of fact. So that, that's nice. I remember days, I think I went to the the second, first or second and third, those the first few they had down there when I was in college. And I remember being very cold and icy. and So it's nice when you get a nice day. Um but as I said, if you can't get down there, you're not going down there, we will bring you live coverage throughout the day on Friday here on these domestic church media stations. So we're very excited, as always, to be a part of the EWTN Global Catholic Network and uh, to share that with you. Um, so let me share with you now some of St. Pope John Paul II's 1995 encyclical letter, The Gospel of Life. He released this on the Feast of the Annunciation, and it's a beautiful document. If you've not read it, you can go to the Vatican website, www.vatican.va, which, by the way, if you have the free domestic church media app, the Vatican website is on there as well. So you can go there and search for uh, this particular document, Humanae Vitae, no, 
Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life, and uh, it's 1995, March of 1995. Can't read the whole thing, obviously, but one one section in the, toward the very beginning of the document, the Holy Father recounts the gospel episode of Cain and Abel as the kind of leading into where he goes with this now. And this is from the Gospel of Life where St. John Paul writes, again, having just shared the Old Testament account of Cain and Abel, John Paul writes, The Lord said to Cain, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. The voice of the blood shed by men continues to cry out, John Paul wrote, from generation to generation in ever new and different ways. You know, Cheryl and I, I think we talked about this last week or when the bishop was here, we were watching the news last night. And we live in, in Bucks County, so we watch the Philadelphia uh, news. Every news story, the, f- the first 10 minutes before the weather, almost every news story involved some type of murder. It was horrible. Horrible. And I think they said that the number of murders in Philadelphia has risen. It's, it's 40, 40% higher right now than it was at this time last year. So Holy Father says that St. Pope John Paul II says, the voice of blood shed by men continues to cry out from generation to generation in ever new and different ways. The Lord's question, what have you done, which Cain cannot escape, is addressed also to the people of today to make them realize the extent and gravity of the attacks against life which continue to mark human history to make them discover what causes these attacks and feeds them, and to make them ponder seriously the consequences which derive from these attacks for the existence of individuals and peoples. St. Pope John Paul II wrote, Some threats come from nature itself, but they are made worse by the culpable indifference and negligence of those who could in some cases remedy them. My place there. Mm-mm-mm-mm. See, when I use this laptop, sometimes it skips ahead, and it shouldn't. <laughs> Goes the wrong way. Uh, okay, where did it go? Okay, there it is. I'm sorry. Others are the result of situations of violence, hatred, and conflicting interests, which lead people to attack others through murder, war, slaughter, and genocide. And John Paul wrote, And how can we fail to consider the violence against life done to millions of human beings, especially children, who are forced into poverty, malnutrition, and hunger because of an unjust distribution of resources between peoples and between social classes? And what of the violence inherent not only in wars such as, uh, as such, but in the scandalous arms trade, which spawns the many armed conflicts which stain our world with blood? 
What of the spreading of death caused by reckless tampering with the world's ecological balance? By criminal spread of drugs or by the promotion of certain kinds of sexual activity, which besides being morally unacceptable, also involve grave risks to life. It's impossible to catalog completely the vast array of threats to human life. So many are the forms, whether explicit or hidden, in which they appear today. Now that, you know, as, I, as I'm reading that, I'm going to read a little bit of it again, because this is John Paul II, 1995, when he's talking about, and it's the gospel of life. He's talking about the attacks against human life. And he said, and what of the violence inherent not only in wars, but in the scandalous arms trades, which spawns the many armed conflicts? What of the spreading of death caused by reckless tampering with the world's ecological balance? And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking people say, oh, see, there he goes again, that Francis. But this is John Paul. Here, though, we shall concentrate particular attention on another category of attacks affecting life in its earliest and in its final stages. Attacks which present new characteristics with respect to the past and which raise questions of extraordinary seriousness. It is not only that in generalized opinion that these attacks tend no longer to be considered as crimes. Paradoxically, they assume the nature of rights to the point that the state is called upon to give them legal recognition and to make them available through the free services of health care personnel. Such attacks strike human life at the time of its greatest frailty, when it lacks any means of self-defense. Even more serious is the fact that most often these attacks are carried out in the very heart of and with the complicity of the family, the family which by its nature is called to be the sanctuary of life. And John Paul wrote, How did such a situation come about? Many different factors have to be taken into account. In the background, there is the profound crisis of culture, which generates skepticism in relation to the very foundations of knowledge and ethics, and which makes it increasingly difficult to grasp clearly the meaning of what man is, the meaning of his rights and his duties. Then there are all kinds of existential and interpersonal difficulties made worse by the complexity of society society in which individuals, couples, and family are often left alone with their problems. There are situations of acute poverty, anxiety, or intrusion, I'm sorry, or frustration in which the struggle to make ends meet, the presence of unbearable pain, or instances of violence, especially against women, make the choice to defend and promote life so demanding as sometimes to reach the point of heroism. All this explains, John Paul said, at least in part, How the value of life can today undergo a kind of eclipse, even though conscience does not cease to point to it as a sacred and inviolable value, as is evident in the tendency to disguise certain crimes against life in its early or final stages by using innocuous medical terms which distract attention from the fact that what is involved is the right to life of an actual human person. You know, that's what happens is they re- name some of these uh, procedures. You know, we, we used to remember the, the term uh, that began uh, euthanasia as mercy killing. Uh, you know, the, the uh, Dr. Kervorkian 
you know, put a person out of his or her misery, the way we would put an animal out of misery, an assisted suicide. We hear that right here in our own state here in New Jersey. I'm going to assist you in killing yourself because your life is going to end in a few months anyway. And why suffer unnecessarily? Or at the very beginning, where we terminate a pregnancy, and they devalue, they dehumanize the unborn person. You're nothing but a clump of cells. It's nothing but a, 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 a pregnancy. So we can terminate that. They don't call it what it is. And Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, says they, they, they use these innocuous medical terms which distract attention from the fact that what is involved is the right to life of an actual person. In fact, John Paul writes, while the climate of widespread moral uncertainty can in some way be explained by the multiplicity, multiplicity and gravity of today's social problems, and these can sometimes mitigate the subjective responsibility of individuals, it is no less true that we are confronted by an even larger reality, which can be described as a veritable structure of sin. The reality is characterized by the emergence of a culture which denies solidarity and which many cases takes the form of a veritable culture of death. John Paul wrote, this culture is actively fostered by powerful cultural economic, and political currents which encourage an idea of society excessively concerned with efficiency. Looking at the situation from this point of view, it is possible to speak in a certain sense of a war of the powerful against the weak, a life which would require greater acceptance, love, and care is considered useless or to be held in an intolerable uh, or held to be an intolerable burden and is therefore rejected in one way or another. A person who, because of illness, handicap, or more simply, just by existing, compromises the well-being or lifestyle of those who are more favored, tends to be looked upon as an enemy to be resisted or eliminated. In this way, a kind of conspiracy against life is unleashed. Conspiracy involves not only individuals in their personal family or group relationships, but goes far beyond to the point of damaging and distorting at the international level relation between peoples and states. And then John Paul said, in order to facilitate the spread of abortion, enormous sums of money have been invested and continue to be invested in the production of pharmaceutical products which make it possible to kill the fetus in the mother's womb without recourse to medical assistance. And you might recall, this is the beginning of that uh, um, abortion, uh, 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 abortion pill that is now, it used to be by prescription, now it's off, you know, over the counter. Um, and on this point, scientific research uh, itself seems to be almost exclusively preoccupied with developing products which are ever more simple and effective in supporting life at which and which at the same time are capable of removing abortion from any kind of control or social responsibility. It is frequently asserted that contraception, if made safe and available to all, is the most effective remedy against abortion. The Catholic Church is then accused of actually promoting abortion because she obstinately continues to teach the moral unlawfulness of contraception. And that's, you know, the argument, because this was written 25 years ago, 
And, you know, I don't know if people still argue this, that, well, you know, the Catholic Church actually is, is causing people to have abortions because they uh, um, prohibit a contraception. Well, if a person is Catholic enough not to contracept, why in the world would they then, if they do get pregnant, abort a child? doesn't make any sense. It's like, and you know, I know there's been a lot in news recently about um, uh, Sean Hannity, you know, having left the Catholic Church, I mean, raised Catholic, left the Catholic Church because of what he, he viewed as, you know, situations in the, in the church that were hypocritical, whatever his excuse was. But I remember when Sean Hannity claimed to be a practicing Catholic a few years ago and said, but I believe in exceptions to abortion. I, I don't get that. Anybody who claims to be pro-life but believes in exceptions is not pro-life. Because you're saying that a person's right to life is based on how he or she is conceived. Not the fact that he or she has been conceived. So, you know, he can claim he left the church for this, that. He left the church when he, he was... He was uh, claiming to be pro-life and really wasn't. And I'm not knocking Sean Hannity's, you know, as a, as a con- journalist or whatever he calls himself. Uh, uh, but, but, but as far as his, his, his rejection of his faith, it's a shame because, you know, you're baptized into this beautiful church and you use other excuses to leave. And as I said, he was, you know, he was, he really excommunicated himself long before he officially left because of his, Denial of truth there. But anyway, let's go back to this. I only have a couple of minutes left. Um, so the church, as Holy Father John Paul says, is then accused of actually promoting abortion because she obstinately continues to teach the moral unlawfulness of contraception. John Paul says, but when looked at carefully, this objection is clearly unfounded. It may be that many people use contraception with a view to excluding the subsequent temptation of abortion. But the negative values inherent in the contraceptive mentality, which is the very... Uh, a very different form uh, from responsible parenthood lived in respect for the full truth of the conjugal act are such that they in fact strengthen this temptation when an unwanted life is conceived. Indeed, the pro-abortion culture is especially strong precisely where the church's teaching on contraception is rejected. Certainly from the moral point of view, contraception and abortion are respectively different evils. The former contradicts the full truth of the sexual act as the proper expression of conjugal love, while the latter destroys the life of a human being. The former is opposed to the virtue of chastity in marriage. The latter is opposed to the virtue of justice and directly violates the divine commandment, you shall not kill. Um, This is from Evangelium Vitae, St. Pope John Paul II's Gospel of Life uh, from March of 1995, and um, just a little, little teeny tiny bit of it that I'm sharing with you. Uh, but despite their differences of nature and moral gravity, contraception and abortion are often closely connected as fruits of the same tree. It is true that in many cases, contraception and even abortion are practiced under the pressure of real-life difficulties, which nonetheless can never exonerate from striving to observe God's law fully. Still, in very many other instances, such as uh, such practices are rooted in a hedonistic mentality, unwilling to accept responsibility in matters of sexuality, and they imply a self-centered concept of freedom 
which regards procreation as an obstacle to personal fulfillment. The life which could result from a sexual encounter thus becomes an enemy to be avoided at all costs, and abortion becomes the only possible decisive response to failed contraception. The close connection which exists in mentality between the practice of contraception and that of abortion is becoming increasingly obvious. It is being demonstrated in an alarming way by the development of chemical products, intrauterine devices, and vaccines which distributed with the same ease as contraceptives really act as abortifacients in the very early stages of the development of life of the new human being. And again, that's become so prevalent these days. I see commercials for it where all these women are are talking about this abortifacient that they can now take and how happy they are. Uh, There was a recent... uh, um, a situation where someone accepted uh, one of these entertainment awards and uh, thanked uh, the fact that she had had an abortion for making her success. All this 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 twisted way of thinking, uh, an evil way of thinking. And and you know, read this document. You can go to the Vatican website, www.vatican.va. Uh, click on the uh, John Paul II link, and then you can find this encyclical letter uh, Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life, from March of uh, 1995, St. Pope John Paul II. This would be a good week to read it. It's a, it's a lengthy document, but very profound and obviously right on the mark as far as church teaching goes and puts things in, in great perspective as we see uh, the culture and the church in so many ways battle in this particular issue, not just of abortion, but also contraception. Okay, I got to go tomorrow. I'll be back, God willing. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for being a part of my day, my friends. Uh, Have a beautiful rest of your evening, and uh, I'll be with you again uh, at 4 o'clock, God willing, tomorrow. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Trust in me.